Okay, we're beginning Dafnun Aleph. We're actually starting on the very last line of Dafnun Amid Beis, based on the statement that we do mention the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim at night, which we're familiar with every night when we say Kriyashma. That is, in every Gullus, which is comparable tonight, because every Gullus is a form of Gullus Mitzrayim. So we mention the idea of the Geula, like we say in the Pasuk, like the days when I took you out of Mitzrayim, I will show you wonders. That just like Gullus Mitzrayim was this harsh labor with the mortar and bricks. So too, every gullus, even if it's not exactly the same way and the same form, but as we alluded to earlier in the previous Mimer, these are references to Chaymer through the analysis of Torah and Levanim through trying to decipher halacha and so forth. Next paragraph on, on the right-hand side on uh, Nun Aleph, in order to understand this, we say in the Haggadah <clears throat> that they embittered the lives of our fathers in the triumph. Now, what is the idea of Avois? These are the Midas of Ave and Yira, because <clears throat> Ave Yira and Rachmanis, uh, love and fear and, and reverence and compassion are driven by the intellect, Chachman Bina, when they think about the infinity of Hashem. And then the Das, that we can apply this idea that there's nothing else besides Hashem in the heavens above and the earth below, not to the highest level, not to the lowest level, and to all four corners. That in our sense of Seichel and understanding, we arouse the Midas. This is the maturing of the Midas, that the intellect engages the Midas within every one of us. So whether it's Abba or it's Yira, they're all there in an undeveloped form in our natural neshama. And we evoke them, develop them, and nurture them through the intellect. And so too, the Jewish people attach all of the, these, the names of Hashem, who are called Bas Nadiv Bita Shalav Ramavim, the daughter of Nadiv, who was the daughter of Ramavim. Why was he called, I'm sorry, the daughter of Nadiv, who was meaning the daughter of Avramavina. Why is Avramavina called Nadiv? Because he was a man of chesed who was misnaded. He was a donor. He was a giver. He gave chesed to all the worlds, the higher worlds and the lower worlds. And therefore, he's called our father. And just like a father biologically passes on his genes to his children, so too, our spiritual fathers pass on their character to us. But since we have this thing called Bechira, we have choice. And we can do the opposite, even of our instinct, we can do the opposite of even loving Hashem. So we, uh, what our mission is, is to identify and to awaken that love for Hashem. It's there, but it could become lost. And uh, this is what Shlomo HaMelech refers to in Shir Hashirin, when he says, wake it, yes, wake it. How do we waken the love for Hashem? That's through Kol Daidi Daifek. The voice of my beloved is knocking. And this is what our sages say, that the men of Yerichai would, um, would, would bundle the Shema. That is, they would say, They wouldn't say Baruch Sheh. Why? Because they had the capacity, right, to go from Echad, that Hashem is the only existence, all the way down to Emes, that there's nothing else. It happened instantaneously. Once they made the declaration, that the only existence is Hashem. They automatically had this great drive and passion to be connected with Hashem. That is Avas Hashem. And this went all the way through to MS. And then the next paragraph, which begins Viyotzi, which is the translation of MS into uh, Aramaic, which is, again, that it's the same MS, whether it's in Moshe Kodesh and Holy Hebrew, or it's in uh, the physical, in Targum, in, in Aramaic. Why? Because there's nothing else other than Hashem. But all of this is effectuated through the analysis of um, the infinity of Hashem. That is, we engage our intellect, and that engagement of intellect 
stirs up the midos of love and Hashem that they should be revealed. Again, it's innately there as we've inherited it from our ancestors and it can become lost and we need to awaken it in the way in which we awaken it is through uh, the intellect. However, what if a person doesn't yet have a developed intellect to this level? What is his amuna? Simply to cry, what, how's, what, how's he going to arouse this love? It's through his amuna that he should simply cry out to Hashem during the davening. Like the Pasuk says, he should cry out. And the call, the voice of crying out will arouse this tavana and this uh, revelation of this love that is there all along because it's down in the level called Mitzrayim. Again, Mitzrayim meaning it is compressed from the Chachma, and it's not making its way through the throat, which as we learned in the previous Mimer, is the Mitzrayim, it is the narrows. And this is the idea that Yaakov had to leave Beersheba and come to Haran when he ran away from Esau, because the level of Goran and Haran, the level of this narrowness, it's all really one, meaning he went there, it wasn't an opposition. And this is the bitterness that they embittered the lives of our fathers in Egypt, that the passion of the Midas should be compressed and squeezed into Mitzrayim. And through this, they became embittered. For if they would have had the level only of Beersheba, so Beersheba is sweet and beautiful. And this is why Hashem says, yes, in fact, I will go down. Meaning me, my very self, my Savior of Kolam, in that level that is called Emes that level of, uh, of non-differentiated characteristic of Hashem, which we ask the question, what does it mean Hashem says, I'll go there? He's, he's everywhere. But he will come down, so to speak, because the, or, or, or manifest in the Gili of Elikos, even in the Mitzrayim. And that's because we are Amchel, we are his people. Like it says, when I am exiled, uh, when we were exiled to Edom, Hashem came with us. And nobody's innate natural amuna was left behind. Because a Jew, simply by the very narrow character of his existence, is a believer, the son of a believer, even when he's in Gullus. Like it says, the people believe. However, it's not the same when you hear about it versus when you see it. This is a revelation of godliness the way it was at Matan when they saw it. They mamish saw it. And at that level, Gullus has no stature at all. It's revealed. But in the level of Mitzrayim, it's only like it's heard. So in Matan Torah, it was evident, and, and that, um, that um, uh, uh, in the triumph, it was only heard. Next paragraph, bottom right-hand side. Now here is where we have the problem, that we get distracted, all the things that confuse us in our davening, as we know. And those are essentially our averas, which stand between us and Hashem. What then is our counter to that? Is simply to have Rachmanis, not Rachmanis on ourselves. Because the more I think about myself, the more I know what I deserve and what I don't deserve. And now what I should and, and, and what I should daven for and, and how much how necessary it is. But rather we should return to Hashem and ask Hashem for Rachmanis for himself, for the Shina, that the, the godliness that gets lost in all of my distracted thoughts and all of these dirty garments that I am piling on, this part of godliness that is entrusted to me. And this should make me sad and a little annoyed at myself. And through this, I will throw off these filthy garments and I will reveal the glory of Hashem, top left-hand column. Like it says in Tillim, he shines in the darkness, a light for the straight ones. And meaning that it arouses that light, that love, that I have a compassion upon my poor neshama that's stuck in all my nachshavazadis. And this is what it means when it says, thus she should say to Yaakov, who released Avram, because the characteristic of Yaakov, which is to have Rachmanis, the third of the three 
Avoy. So Avram is Chesed, Yitzchak is Gevura, and Yaakov is uh, Tiferes or Rachmanes. So what happens when our love for Hashem, which is represented by Avram, becomes trapped in all of our distraction? It comes along the characteristic of Yaakov, which is Rachmanes, and that releases him. And this is what it means that they embitter our lives. Like the Pasuk says, that through the exile, the, 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 the exile of the flows of Mitzrayim, we have to have different strategies. How we cry out to Hashem to be sad and, and embittered about our soul, that is on the godliness that is trapped within us, which is our primary life source. But the life of this physical world is not called a life. And that's why it's such a hard avoida because we were consumed purely with the Gashmas. The avoida of the heart is to David, to cry out to Hashem, to cry out because God is trapped. That is, he's from the loftiest of levels and he's been scrunched down into this physical world. And this is why davening is described as a double-edged sword, that it can cut away at the klipa and it can cut away at all the taiva, that these are all the pylons that distract us from Hashem. That just like a sword made of iron can stand up even against something as harsh as stone and it will crack the stone without harming itself. But if it has a lesser quality of iron, it will, the, then when you try to cut the stone with the iron, it will break. So too, davening has to be harsh. It has to be determined. And that's what the Aveda Kasha is, the harsh labor in a, in, in a godly sense, is that we should be doggedly determined in our davening, to cry out to Hashem and not allow ourselves to be distracted by anything internally or externally, and to break down all of those klipas and all of those taivas, and have our heart broken open, not broken as in disappointed, but it should melt uh, like, a, like a stone can melt, even the stone heart. And this is what the difficulties of Gullus are about. But when we have the Beis Hamikdash, then davening isn't as necessary, because godliness is more evident and accessible through the intellect. That, that in that way, we can arouse our love for Hashem. Last paragraph on the page. So to an Indian of Torah, the time of Gullus, we're dealing with brick and mortar, like we said. And the idea is that this is a reference to the study of Torah. The Pasek in Shira Shirin that talks about the 60 queens and the 80 concubines and the multiple young maidens that the Zayar explains. These refer to this, the, 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 the volumes of, of Talmud. They will refer to the prices, they refer to the halachas, and they're all one, my dove, my perfect one, meaning my perfect one, that it's, the, it's a total shlemus. It's absolutely perfect. And we are considered the children of Hashem, and the child is like the lap of his father. That is, because of the revelation of this unification of Hashem, even in the highest worlds, because all of the hosts of the worlds bow down before Hashem in actuality. But in the lower worlds, down here, in the in the difficulties of life, <clears throat> we have the idol worshippers and the rebellious ones. And yet, who can there be like the Jewish people who stand strong to unify their hearts and to submit themselves to the will of Hashem? Um, just like the human body, that all of our limbs have their own identity, but each one of them are constantly uh, uh, adherent to the direction of the whole body. But if, God forbid, one would be separated, one limb or even one fingernail would be separated from the body, it would no longer be considered part of the body. So too within the nefesh of the person. 
they, even though it has this desire to sort of break away, this sort of negative desire to break away from Hashem. But in, then it's like, God forbid, the person's body part breaks away from him. It, it, it's forfeited and it's lost from the whole body. But one who wishes to be attached to Hashem, again, like the body part, has to play along. It has to be bottled to it and has no independent agenda. Like Hashem says, I don't have anything in heaven or anything else. I only want you. And, uh, and this is what uh, is described as, or, or why we describe it as my perfect ones. Now, through us making our effort down here, Hashem responds. Like we know, I am to my beloved. That is, we cry out to Hashem. We arouse within ourselves this great passion for godliness, to create a nachas for Hashem, to create simcha for Hashem, um, like the psukim support. And this is the whitening that we go through, which is the Kedusha form of the labor with bricks, the word for bricks being similar to the word for the whitening, for the discovery of godliness, that even though we are black and dirty, yet there is still something that is desirous about it. The Tereshavalpeh, even though it's so complicated and it is like black, that is, it's a whole tangle uh, and so hard because it speaks about material things. He speaks about the laws concerning agriculture. It speaks about financial disputes. But in its essence, even though it's so complex and it appears to be black in the sense that it's hard to discover the godliness, we can keep digging and we will, in fact, find the godliness. This is, in fact, God's, God's will. Like it says, it is chachma, but it's not the chachma yidi. It's not a chachma that we can simply master, like we can master um, technical prowess. And this is the libon hilchasa, the whitening out on the top now of page nunala from the base that it appears like it's black. It appears so complicated, like the Talmud often does. And we have to dig and dig until we can find a match where the true simcha is, that we find Hashem's will within whatever convoluted circumstance this is. And we are mevatal ourselves to it. We don't seek anything else other than it. And this is what it means when it says, rise up, my beloved one, my beautiful one, and I will come to you. That is to you, to yourself. Because the Jews were the whole purpose which Hashem created the world in order that they be subsumed within the infinity of Hashem. And through this, we arouse above this level of whitening that is a, re a revelation of clarity from Hashem, that there should be a joy. That's like when a person's face is joyous, it's bright. Uh, like we say Hashem should shine his face upon us, that when we will be, will be willing to dig through the difficult circumstances that deal with monetary things and matters that don't seem to be evidently godly, but we will find the godliness, Hashem will respond in kind. <clears throat> now we arouse this uh, revelation from Hashem that he acts to us as we act to him, as water reflects the face that is looks into it. And this is the whole purpose of this revelation that will be in the times of Mashiach. Then we will see godliness eye to eye like it was and Matan Torah, and even greater, because Matan Torah was a temporary circumstance and Mashiach will be a permanent circumstance will never be interrupted. It is eternally. And now in the times of Gullus, we have to work, and it's a lot of work to entrench within our heart this genuine simcha of Hashem, which is achieved through the discovery of the whitening of the laws. And in times of Mashiach, we will see godliness more evident. Next paragraph on the right-hand column. So too, in all of the work in the field, again, the description of the servitude of Mitzrayim, that this is a reference to the Bryces. Remember, the Bryces were lessons that were not incorporated into the Mishnah. They were outside. And again, 
sort of like suggesting this idea of something that is external, is outside. That is the Mishnah is called the inner organs, Avarim, and the Bryces are like the external organs. And anything that is taught in the Bryce is alluded to in the Mishnah. And this is what we have uh, references to, to support this idea, meaning that it is like an extension of his hand. The, the, the um, further illustration of an idea from a Mishnah to be explained in greater detail in the Bryce. That you can't learn the, you shouldn't have to just learn the Bryce by itself because it's subsumed within the Mishnah. But since we can't always decipher it, so we need it spelled out for us a little bit more. Uh, and that's why he did us this favor, <laughs> so to speak. And they dispatched the true Chachma and the true Bina so that we can understand the Brysa that's within the Mishnah. If we truly saw the godliness, we'd see it in the Mishnah directly. But uh, we, we don't. We need also to be engaged with the Brysa because it fleshes out the Mishnah that much more. That's the Avoidah Basada. That's the spiritual side of what's described in Mitzrayim as being the service of the field going out. Like we bring wheat into the house that we planted out in the field <clears throat> outside of the city. So too, we engage ourselves in the Brysa and we're really discussing matters that already are subsumed within the Mishnah, but we don't see it that way because of our inability to identify this idea within the Mishnah itself. Now, the ultimate purpose of Gullis, of course, is that we go down to go up even stronger to have a greater revelation of godliness in the times of Mashiach. This is what we emphasize when we say, Kol Deidi, the voice of my beloved, it comes and it skips. That is from above to below, over the mountains, just like when a person skips from mountain to mountain. He goes in great distances in one uh, swoop. Similarly, these lofty mountains are the concepts of chesed in the spiritual world of Atzilus, of total awareness of Hashem. Mamish the chesed of Hashem, the, the Mimer says, with an absolute intense revelation. And this is Sarusa Delayla, this stimulus that we initiate through the, I'm sorry, that Hashem initiates through the awakening that we initiate, even though there are all kinds of levels in between. We jump and leap over these uh, hills. And the hills are a reference to our imois, our mothers. And just like the, the, the mountains are fathers and the hills are mothers, so it's a, that dynamic of the, the contribution of the father then developed within the mother. That even if a person doesn't yet have this passionate love for Hashem, however, when he sees and he hears <coughs> the davenings of others, he is inspired by them. Regarding which our, uh, the Mishnah says, that on three matters does the world stand, on meaning davening, and acts of kindness, that these are the way in which we <clears throat> organize our midas, our relationship between ourselves and Hashem, and between us and other people. Now, in the idea of tyrant we've already explained how these are in the level of gullus. Now we're also going to explain how do we correct our midas through the process of gullus. This is what it says in the Pasuk, in the description of the labor in Mitzrayim, all the service that they serve, all the labor that they labor. That avoida is with them and within them. That is, like the labor to correct our midas. As uh, anybody who's ever experienced, when he tries to change his character from one extreme to another, it's a lot of work. It's very hard to change our common path. It's very hard to change our natural proclivities. This is genuine avoida, like when you take the rough, gruff uh, hide of an animal 
and you work it and you turn it into a very soft uh, leather, this is illustrative of the labor that is necessary for a person to engage in, in order to transform their character from its natural state into a more refined spiritual state. Final paragraph of this mimer on the bottom right-hand side, what then is the recommendation for this? So it says, Befera, they work them with bitterness. But now we explain two ways. One is that it's a lot of work. <laughs> you push it, you know, what do you got to do? You got to work hard. And not just because it's the work is hard, but like our sages say regarding Paroi, the Fedak that he gave, unnatural work, work that women were more skilled that he gave to men, and so on. That even though it may seem less laborious, but it was difficult for them because it was out of their uh, routine. It was something they were not accustomed to. And so too, in the changing and the, and the correcting of Armidas of love and fear between a person and Hashem, both in avoiding the negative and in pursuing the positive, a person has to change his routine and change his character. That's one interpretation, that it's taka difficult, like the difficulty of men doing work that, that uh, is more naturally fit for women and women for men. It's not about an objective measure of the work. It's about the discomfort because, of, because it is out of their routine. What's another interpretation? It's peh. Rach, two words, a soft mouth. And this is that a person should take to heart that characteristics like anger, jealousy, haughtiness, etc. This is uh, uh, what he needs to distill. That is not his friend's anger, but even the anger that exists within him. That is all midas that come from the essential characteristic of Gevura. That he, he needs to soften them. He needs to just be a softer person, a pet a softer person, and thus he will uh, forestall all of those other characteristics, anger, jealousy, etc. That concludes this mind.